Blog Talk Radio. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. is about celebrating books, stories, and people's journey, journeys and publishers. And there's one author I want to showcase in this half hour, and her name is Susan Murphy Milano. Some of you have heard of her, some of you haven't heard of her, and if you haven't heard of her, you're going to be hearing more about her because of her latest book publication, which is called Holding My Hand Through Hell which also happens to drop today on Domestic Violence Awareness Week at the Heartland Book Forum in Minneapolis. And guess where I'm at? (laughs) It never fails. I keep saying to myself, why do I keep doing this show live from place to place? But I think it kind of soothes that craving I have to live on the edge so as usual, it was a little tenuous this morning and getting that good connection, but I can say and thank you to the shout-out to the people at the Marriott here. They were able to hook me up and wire me up, and so we're loud and clear and ready to go. I want to bring in my guest for the show this week. His name is Steve Sumken, and he is with Ice Cube Press, who is a publication and the publisher that decided to pick up Susan's book. Hi, Steve. Hi. It's great. Yeah, I know we're here in Minnesota where uh, it's starting to get cold. (laughs) Yeah, isn't it supposed to snow, too? It's like, really? They have You know, the drive was... Exactly. You're in Iowa, and I'm in Chicago, and the drive yesterday was so beautiful, and then I get here and look at the weather report, and it's like snow. Makes you want to turn around and go home, but we have work to do. Let me tell you a little bit about Steve, and then I'll have you jump in if you don't mind, Steve. He is the owner of Ice Cube Press in Iowa, and I like his mission statement. If you go to his website, icecubepress.com, he focuses in on Midwest independent publishing company that he is, and he's been there almost 20 years. But I like that he takes a holistic twist to the books and projects he takes on. Not only does he grab, gravitate towards books that are interesting and good reads, but they also are making lives and the planet as a whole a better place to be in. So, Steve, I think that's really good. How how did you come up with that idea when you started it? Almost 20 years ago, right? Yep, it's almost 20 years. In fact, I was thinking about the, um, I think I did my first publishing thing in November of 1991, um, because I dropped some stuff in the mailbox and thought, okay, well, here it goes. <laughs> it's the beginning of this whole, <laughs> this whole thing. I guess I really never would have expected to still be doing it. And actually, I like hearing people tell about what I do because I don't always think of it like that at all. But I, my, I, I do like to think that um, the books that I pick to do are helping people and helping people learn how to live better lives for sure. I mean, I guess you said it better than I've ever thought about it. But um, oh, thank I, you. 
Um, so I've just started um, with the idea that I would that I wanted. I started out just wanting to know how to better know how to live in the Midwest because that's all I really knew, and then it's just grown over time. And I think as an independent publisher, part of what you trust is that um, your your interest as a publisher is what other people will find interesting as well. Because a lot of people would say, why in the world did I choose to do holding my hand through hell? Exactly what I was just going to ask you. I'm like, why did you pick up that particular book in this time and day and age right now? What brought you to that project? Um, well, a lot. Of, it's kind of a long answer and kind of a short answer. In the, the long answer, I'll make it sort of a medium answer. How about that? That sounds um, good. I get a lot of people will ask me, you know, how do you choose a book? And then they'll ask, well, maybe I could send you a, um, maybe yeah, I could send you a, like a query in the mail, or let me send you twelve pages or something like that. And I always, yeah, I'll tell people I really don't pick books like that. I sort of pick them through word of mouth, and I kind of pick them through um, other people's and, and authors. I like to talk to them and meet them in some way and figure out what how their enthusiasm is going to affect the book, like whether they really believe in it. And this one is definitely, I will say I started out thinking, why in the world am I going to be interested in looking at this book? And Susan called yeah, me. Yeah, right. And she is very enthusiastic. And Isn't I was like, she? Well, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. And she um, told me what it was about pretty fast, and I listened, and I thought, okay, well, the only way for me to know more about this is to have you send it to me. And Still, I have to admit, I was thinking to myself, I, this is going to be completely out there for me because I don't really know anything about this subject. Um, but when it did, when the book did show up, I realized, I did, for some reason, I wasn't aware that it all. But the beginning of the book does start in Chicago, and that wasn't like the most important part to me. But I did feel like there was something um, about it being in, in the Midwest that I was drawn to immediately. I could identify, unfortunately, with some of the characters and some of the struggles of the other, of Susan herself. I guess they're not characters in this case, which is how yeah. I always have to remind myself. It's nonfiction is not fiction. But yeah, I read exactly. it, and I will say I read it, and somewhere like two-thirds of the way through, I decided, yeah, I definitely have to do this book because I was... Um, I guess when I say I was recognizing people, I was recognizing friends that I had that I knew I was uncomfortable around, and I was reading characteristics that they shared with the people in the book. And I thought, yeah, right. I we really, really do want other people to read this because I, I mean, at first, isn't telling me that I save lives and I really, um, and I, I do wonderful things for people. And I thought, well, everybody tells me that to a certain extent, but in this case, it's true. And I realized that. I think people reading this book will um, come to an understanding. They'll recognize things that other people are going through or that they're going through and will definitely help them. And they can help their friends and themselves. And I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say that it would save lives if I didn't believe it, but I really do think that people will read this book and it it will definitely um, help other people's lives and possibly save other people's lives too. Um, I guess that's how I came to it. It did touch something in me while I was reading it. And that has to happen, don't you think? I mean, in order for a book to be successful at any level, 
It has to be able to identify something within each one of us. Now, Susan and I, you know, we've worked together for quite some time. And as I was preparing for the show, we had this long conversation. And she wanted me to tell people that this is oh, wait, a di- Oh, I'm, my yeah, God. I don't, I don't know why I want to tell people something that I could tell them myself. Oh, I didn't see you. Just popped up. Guess who That's that nice. is? Oh, my God. Hi, Susan. Go for it. Tell them what you were wanting to tell. No, I finished it. Well, what I was going to say is that you were talking about how this is a different book from you than the two that you've done in the past. The three or four that I've done in the past are about teaching and keeping people alive. This is about hope, survival, and what goes on behind a door that is never, ever open because those people usually are dead and they can't talk or they're afraid to talk or they still, after all these years, they're still carrying a secret. So it applies to many, no matter how old you are, what's going on in your life. The story is about that there's hope, that there is light, that you can get through anything against the greatest odds. And, you know, I think the two books that you've done in the past, Susan, were how-to books. And I think well, the part that people are going to be um, awakened by is your deep, deep faith and spirituality that carried you through all these different tragedies you've been to. And anybody that lives life like we do, Susan, everybody has these same kind of ups and downs. And your book addresses it in a way that, as you said, hope and authenticity comes through. What else do you want to say? I think that it's when you're in truth, it writes itself. And really, we don't write this stuff. It comes through us. And, I, you know, so many people have been saved since my mom was murdered in 1989. And again, the book's not about that. We don't hear from the kids and what they have to endure and what they have to feel, what happens to their lives. I mean, they're cluster messes. And and every step they take is almost a, a bombshell that they have to or a minefield that they have to go into because they don't know. Their survival, what do they do with it when they're out of the place? And how do they raise a family? How do they move forward? How can they function? And then when the system punishes you because you want justice for not just people like your mother but for the world and you're kicked off the mountain and and told what's going to happen to you if you don't be quiet or or your unborn child or um, your, unborn, your child's taken away because of the work that you do because you refuse to be quiet. So at what cost? Do we have to be quiet? And what cost does it... I mean, in the end, it really doesn't matter. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I'm at the end. I, we're doing all this um, not knowing. Right. For me, 
whether I wake up in the morning or not. And so part of this is about people buying the book, sharing an experience. In so many ways, I survived. And and I'm not going out the way that I wanted to, clearly. (laughs) Not in all this pain. I know. And and a lot of cases have been solved. A lot of lives have not been lost. A lot of changes. There is, you can deal with a Holocaust and say, okay, that's war. That's Germany and that's, you know, Hitler. But for abusers and violent offenders, people lock their kids up in cages and they are that one the time, and they're singular. Think of how many people are like that. And this subject, exactly. is, it shouldn't be taboo. It should be out there. And so many sexual assault victims by their own parent or guardian, some of them have read the book that I had sent to early on. And, you know, I got to identify with. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And, you know, Steve is an example of that, Susan, in that he really didn't quite understand the whole domestic violence awareness thing until he read the manuscript. And then he, too, was able to start identifying with himself characteristics of other people in his life and things like that. And the other thing I want to say, Susan, is one of the conversations that you and I have had over the years is that you have never identified yourself as a victim in all of this. Yes, that you is were the dirtiest victimized. Word you could have. Exactly. That's and dirty, you dirty, in, dirty, this, dirty. in this book You have come full circle, and I think that's what you are trying to tell people in a very eloquent way, which is don't get stuck in the the drama and the muck of it. You have never stopped growing in your faith, in in your light, in your spirituality. And in this book, it talks about the triumph of coming to the other side, which a lot of people do. But, Susan, they stop there. And your story in this book, Holding My Hand Through Hell, talks about pushing yourself beyond that and getting past it and triumph in the glory of what life is about to begin with. That's what I like about the book the most. It's not a me, 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 I, I, I. No, it's no. It's an account of injustice, civil rights, a woman who's held hostage, a family who's held hostage. And it applies to all these cases we read about. Stacey Peterson is still missing. Drew is awaiting the sentencing for wife number three, Kathleen Savio. Right. So all of these cases... Jackie Sue Waller out in Cape Girardeau. They still haven't found her body, but he was discharged. He's going to go to trial. No body prosecution. And we've come up with something called Crawford versus Washington, which says you have the right to face your killer. Well, I think I've beaten that by coming up with the evidence you've used affidavit. And so all of these things go into 
how does this crazy tornado-like woman on crack do what she does every day? Yeah. And, and it's not possible, but it's laid out in the book so you get a glimpse into the world of a cop, the silence of the brotherhood, the blood, but not in a gory, horrific way. In a in, in a very frank matter of fact, authentic and truthful way. Well, I don't want to keep you long, Susan. I just want to tell you that we love you, and I in particularly love you and honor you for the authenticity and your love for the world that you're giving back through this book. And I want you to go rest now. Is there anything you want to say before you go to the rest of the world? People can help by making the issue a bestseller because I'm not able to go on book tour because my health is declining pretty rapidly. So if I can ask everybody talk about it, to ask the library to order it, to get it out there. That would be the voice that I can't be right now. I expected to be here. I expected to do all these things. I I still am not out of miracles. I still think that there's hope, but in reality, it is the general public who will make or break it's like Rick Warren, you know, for the Saddleback Church when he wrote that book, Change the World. But what message did he send in doing so? There's the same kind of message here that under my hands or how. And that's what people need to come away with faith, God, love, hope, in the end, what really matters. Their family is doing the right thing. Yeah. We're not you know, holding our people prisoners and hostage right here on American soil and killing. All right, my dear, go rest now. I want to tell okay. you thank you for calling in today. I think your words are going to change and touch a lot of people, not only through your book, but the interview today. And I love you, and I will see you in a couple days. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Steve. Mm-hmm. Are you there? I'm here. That was awesome. Where do we go from there, my friend? <laughs> well, I'll just repeat what you said over and over again. I mean, I always do. I mean... I tell I want people to realize that it is a book about hope, and um, and it doesn't, and it also is a great model for how to overcome anything. I mean, exactly. I mean, like if I tell someone at the show we're releasing it at the Fall Forum here in Minneapolis, but if I just focus on domestic abuse or violence, um, people are of course uncomfortable about talking about that, which is of course why we need to tell them about it. But on the other hand. I'm also telling them, well, look, if you've had any problems in your life and you've had any, and you want a role model for how to overcome difficulties, then this book is also for you. Because you'll see, this is how you can go about living your life. I mean, it's, it's not a mistake that it's called Holding My Hand Through Hell, a real life journey of hope, survival, murder, and abuse. I mean, it's got a, an ending that gives you hope in the end. 
instead of sitting there and bemoaning the miserableness of everything that happened. And, you know, it'd be great if no one ever had to go through anything bad, but that's impossible. So I think exactly. there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons to read the book. Um, and it's, and even if you just like interesting stories about unusual people that have overcome something, that's a great reason to read it too. You'll discover a new role model in your life, someone that you want to try and be like. So I think those are all the different re- I mean, those you know, millions of reasons to read the book. And yeah, the more people that read it, the better. You know, and one of the things that I learned about working with Susan years ago is that she's very candid and she's very raw. And a lot of people, like you said, are afraid to hear the truth in the most raw, stripped-down form that one can write it or speak it. And that is one thing that she has consistently done throughout her entire career and followed it through with this book. You're right. It's it, Even though it's a Excuse me, it's a subject that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. The reality is, Steve, almost everybody statistically now is going to be involved with some kind of domestic violence in a lifetime. That's just people, the world we're living in now. Right. And I think some, I mean, I know before I started looking into it more, I thought it was very, it always had to be really dramatic. There would have to be bruises and there would have to be um, um, horrible things. But I guess uh, one of the most depressing parts of the book, if you want to call it depressing, or on the other hand, most enlightening parts of the book, was reading about um, one of her husbands that was controlling her whereabouts by the minute and calling her nonstop. And I start thinking about things like that, and I think, geez, how many friends do I have who's their wife's or their kids will be like, oh, my such and such father or my mother or someone will only let me stay here for like one more minute and then I have to call them back and report in. And, and I start thinking and matching that with the way they behave when their parents aren't doing that or kids that aren't like that. And I realize that's pretty abusive also, just this constant um, control of their lives. And so I think, I mean, I'm no expert, and so I can't be wrong about all this, but I think there's right, a lot of yeah. um, things like that. In the book, there are dramatic moments of killing, and but on the other hand, there's also smaller things that you realize, good grief. People, it, um, there's, other, there's other things to look at in it as well that I think are really um, almost more rewarding in the book than some of the more dramatic things. That's me as a reader. You're correct. I mean, the subtleness, that's a good example to pull from the book, actually. The subtleness of that, but you're right. How do we connect that in our mind with possibly, you know, that line in the sand that becomes abusive? The part that I like about the whole book is that that thread of spirituality and the process, as I call it, the process of living in God, not so much toward God or, you know, I don't see it separate than ourselves anymore. And I think Susan addresses that throughout her whole life as well. And, you know, um, that's what your books are about. Your books are about, like she said, hope and love. And we're such an angry culture right now. Somebody, Mm -hmm. we have to get a concerted movement to go now that this is unacceptable life 
lifestyle changes for us. I know. It is pretty um, overwhelmingly. Well, there's so many ways to feel like a failure, and there's so, and in reality, there's so many ways that you can be positive. I mean, right? Compare the I cards mean, and they compare their life, or they compare their book, or I mean, people even compare how many pages they've written in a book, or how many sell, and how many. I mean, it's so um, competitive that it ends up being competitive for all the wrong reasons. Isn't that true? And I mean, when I wrote my book, which came out last year, Beyond the Pews, isn't it, I'm always talking about pay attention to the people that you meet along the way. You never know where they're going to fit in. Because it was about a year ago that we met. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At at the professional book event that we're attending again a year later. Mm -hmm. And here, here we are again you know, right. out of our booth and now on to the next project. This is right. what life is about, but people, like you said, get caught up in the way of success and maybe it's a different way. You right. know, well, it's exactly, and, I, yeah, I suspect that people read this book and they'll be having the same exact um, positive um, responses to it and a year from now will be happy about how well it's been doing because it's exactly the same sort of thing as meeting someone or discovering ideas or a life that someone else has lived and taking that to use to your advantage. So it drops today at the Heartland Book Expo, Fall (laughs) Forum, correct, here in Minneapolis. Yep, in Minneapolis. It's easy to get copies of it, of course. It's on Amazon and it's available all across the country at Barnes and Nobles and Amazons and independent booksellers are here this weekend, but it's any place you go, they can either order it or they'll have it, or you can go to um, my website, which is uh, icecubepress.com. And you can send me your rap songs too, but I don't deal with rap songs, so I get those all the time. <laughs> you rap songs? You know, if they think I'm in the music industry, Ice Cube, oh, but I'm not. Oh, yeah, with the, I so, guess you're right with a name press. like that. IceCubePress.com, you can, there's so many um, great things said about the book that you can read on uh, there, on the site. You can order it easily there. You just enter your credit card number, and it's going to be mailed out to you by Monday or Tuesday next week. Um, Spread the word with your friends, of course, and anyone that you think could benefit from this book. I'm going on on a sales spree right now. That's okay. With the ideas, (laughs) we get the word out. And I'm hoping that I get my copies today or tomorrow, for gosh sake. Can I put my order in for two before the rest of it gets sold out? Can I have at least two? Yes, you can. They're sitting right in Well, thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Put those aside. And the other thing I want to talk about is that you're actually donating 10% of the profit. How's that? To what exactly is that all about? Um, well, I, there's a lot of medical fees involved in Susan's um, treatment, and she doesn't have insurance. And right. I just figured we had contribute 10% of um, addition. I mean, she's getting money for sales anyway, but I figured we should do 10% more of all the sales and send money that way also. So you can get a great book, help a great person. All just by reading a book. It's really easy. And for those of you that don't or are not aware that Susan is battling stage 4 cancer and 
as you heard her, she's, she has good days and she has bad days, but she was bound and determined to get this book done for the rest of the world, and she's done an exceptional job with it. And so, Steve, it's even greater that you're adding value by putting back 10%. And the other part I wanted to say is there is um, some funds out there for Susan that you can help along with Steve and I and the book, and you can go to Imagine Publicity with Delilah. And she has, that's our publicist, and she has all the information you need. She also has, Susan has a, a setup, a website called Love Susan, and you can donate some of your products and or services for live auctions every day. So there's a lot of different ways that we can help Susan out here to give back to what she's doing for the rest of us. Of course, buying her book, Holding My Hand Through Hell, through Ice Cube Press. And there's different ways that we can make sure that Susan is comfortable in what she's going through now. Whatever that outcome is, is we don't know. We only will find out in time. But we love her dearly. I especially love her and honor her and will always hold a place in my heart for her forever. And now, Steve, you too are involved in the project. You're on the team. You're on the Susan team. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I know it's hard when people listen to things to remember all the websites. It's not because I want you to go to icecubepress.com, but if you go there, I do have all the different um, websites that you can find out more about Susan and find and um, find her on Facebook and um, her websites and stuff there also. So there's lots of ways to connect that you can get started with from there also. Well, we are out of time. I just want to remind everybody I will be on next Thursday at noon live blog talk radio.